Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on the podcast, we had Alice, aka Alice in Frames. She does have a surname, but unfortunately, I can't, I couldn't pronounce it. Even though she did give me a quick lesson, and I still couldn't get it. But so, so we, so we just went with Alice in Frames, and she was pretty cool with that. Alice is really interesting. She does so many different things. Like she does a segment on ABC about healthy food. She has a cookbook called A to Z. I think it's Alice's A to Z. She's an interviewer. I think it's like a bit freelance. So when any when the celebrity chefs come into town and for like the Good Food Week, she interviews them on stage and all that kind of thing. She she was on MasterChef. I think it was in 2014. I think she said she was, she she did pretty well in MasterChef. Excuse me, in MasterChef. Also, she's got a, a, a program like a, a website program for teachers called Phenomenon and what it is is it's it's like a series of videos where there's like she's the teacher she used to be a, a teacher an english and a history teacher but on these videos she's a teacher she's got these actor kids who are quite cool and they're all quite quirky they've got their own little characters and they're just promoting healthy food kids eating eating healthy food trying to get more vegetables it's predominantly vegetables um, and they have like celebrities afl stars uh, runners uh, olympian runners and um, a few like uh, like doctors and things like that talking about different things and how eating healthy can help this and I took a few I, I took a few things away from it um, and well it's it's kind of designed for teachers well it is designed for teachers to use in classrooms like I said Alice used to be a teacher so she's kind of gone from that angle for for teachers to start using it in classrooms part of their curriculum and just using food as opposed to using blocks just trying to introduce more and more vegetables in a, in a kid's repertoire or language basically and just get them more familiar to it so it's an awesome piece of equipment for, for teachers to use. It, was a, it wasn't just like some lady on a laptop doing it. It's like a proper production. There was like 60 people working on it at, at one point. It's really well done. If anyone's out there who's got kids or want to sing, oh, how can I get my kids to, to eat more vegetables or teachers, you should definitely check it out. It's phenomenal. There's videos, like I said, all the videos are on the website, I think, and they're definitely on YouTube and yeah, it's an amazing thing and she talks all about that and all about her career and her her views on kids. Her big thing is for ki- get to get to get children to eat more vegetables. So, I hope everyone enjoys this. Now, over to the show. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. sorry. Before we do go over to the show, I meant to say in that in, in the interview, I fuck like a dickhead getting all excited. Uh, yeah, I, I, I exaggerated way too too much. I'm a bad exa- exaggerator anyway. There's no two ways about it. I do exaggerate. In the, in in the this interview in this conversation, I, I said, "Oh, I've made. I must have wrote 500 business plans. That's a total lie. I have wrote 500 business plans. I've wrote a lot. I've probably wrote about 150, probably 150 max." Maybe a couple more, but we'll go 150 max so I don't feel guilty. And I also said I wouldn't spend over $100 on a pair of trainers. And that's kind of true. I do shop in the sales on the trainers and everything. But recently, 
I did treat myself to a pair of Birkenstock sandals kind of thing, and they were 130 bucks. So I don't want anyone to see me and, and, and see me and think, ah, the lying little bastard. He said he only spends this. So I've got to come up. For, I've got to be up front. I, I was lying in bed and I thought, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. That's not, you know, like what an exaggeration. People aren't going to believe me. So I want to come up front and be say and say that. So yeah, now over to the show. Alice, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. We're <laughs> laughing because I can't pronounce your second name, so we're just going to go with Alice in Frames, which is your handle on most things. Is that right? It is, yeah. Yeah, fuck, I'm just going to go with that. Everyone knows what my English language is like, so... Look, there's a reason why my handle is not my surname. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where are you from? What, what's a go oh, there? Uh, it's Georgian. So oh, yeah. um, I my family came over in 91, so I grew up in oh, Georgia. So, it's, so I'm guessing you you were, you were born in 91? Um, yeah. yeah. No, no, I was um, so in 85. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was. Um, so you seven. I was sort of six, six and a half, seven, seven years seven, old, yeah, yeah. and um, so my, you know, first memories are of the former USSR. You know, queues for food, ration tickets. Serious. Yeah. Can you remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I thought it was normal that there were soldiers walking down the street. You know, it was a far. really unusual time. Yeah. yeah, far out. Yeah, and right after we left, you know, the the whole country kind of really fell Not apart. Not refugee or anything, is it? No, 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 my, no. no. Came over as skilled migrants. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, being Jewish, um, a lot of the Jewish sort of um, population were encouraged to go from the Soviet Union. Yeah, uh, and the, the gates. Yeah. So we almost went so to Israel. Did you, oh, did you? Yeah. And why Australia? Because it was really far away. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting me here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But my parents, you know, they had a few friends that were here and so they just thought, um, we'll give it a go. And they, I didn't know this until, you know, just last year, but they came over with, they didn't even have enough money to fly over to Australia. They had enough to fly us to Singapore and then some friends lent them the money to get to Australia. Far out. I know. So it just, you know, makes me very grateful. Yeah, and they're obviously they're doing well for yeah, themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you would say, you know, they're grafted, right? Yeah, 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 the grafters, <laughs> yeah, proper yeah. grafters. Proper grafters. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And, great, you know, great for you as well. Totally, yeah. yeah. So uh, do you catch yourself as Australian? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because my... Me and Beck, my wife, are both English, and my mm-hmm. son was born here. So it's and obviously he's he's Australian. He hasn't even got an English passport. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I don't feel like I'm Australian, even though like when in the in the Olympic Games, it's hard, you know. It's a, you know, but like oh, I live here, I feel a bit loyal. But then you know, back home and whatnot. Yeah. But he's Australian. Just that whole um, dynamic is quite a strange feeling, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, to have. Uh, us, you know, he's not my. Even though it, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. It just feels a little bit strange. That's yeah. All, well, we're it? strangers in a strange land. I yeah. Think, you know, we've like unless you're, uh, you know, one of the first peoples, yeah, then yeah. you kind of we're all here. And I think that it kind of um, sums up the Australian identity. You know, we're a bit schizo. Hundred <laughs> percent. We don't know who we are. Definitely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, yeah. it's just a, a real, yeah, a, a big mixing pot, isn't it? Yeah. And, and that's what I think. That's what makes it so special. To be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I want to just say, you were this week, was it all week or this weekend? It was on the weekend, yeah. And it was a few different venues? Uh, well, so I've, um, over the last few months, I've had a chance to, yeah, have a chat to... Nigella, isn't it? Nigella, yeah. How was but, that? Yeah, it was fantastic. I think... Um, have you created a relationship, would she's, you say? Yeah, well, she's one of my favourite people to interview. And certainly, I feel yeah. like I learn something new from her, if it's whether whether it be off stage or on stage, every time I chat to her. But, you know, I've had the opportunity to interview pretty much everybody that I looked up to throughout my kind of fledgling culinary career. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've now had on my stage and I would consider, you know, a, um, 
an acquaintance, if not a friend. friend yeah, so, yeah. you know, like I remember the first time I had Rick Stein um, on, on stage. What a man. Like, what a ledge. I'm such a big fan. Oh, like, yeah. I, I just watched that show and I think, you know what? You fucking hit gold. Oh. Like, how do, like, I've got this idea. I want to go all around Spain and I'm going to eat at all these restaurants. <laughs> you fill me, you pay me. And we'll make a book. How does that sound? Sounds great, Rick. But, Perfect. Do you know what I mean? I That's... think the thing about people like like Rick is that he makes it seem really effortless and like anyone can do it. That's the skill, isn't it? That's 100% that the skill. That is the skill. That's yeah, the skill. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we were up on stage. Um, it was Gourmet Escape. It would have been 2014 maybe. Yeah. And um, he was filleting a fish and it was the end of the day and he was just exhausted. And he was like, you know, I really need a beer. So I got him a beer and he's you know, sipping on his beer and he's filleting this fish. And he holds it up and he goes, well, I've fucked this right up, haven't I? That's <laughs> just like, yeah, yes, yeah. Rick Stein. Like, he's just so real. Yeah, he's you know? so real. Yeah, he's and, so real. And yeah. What a, what a like, a, a, again, a guy that gives so much to the industry. Do you know what I mean? Big like time. Books in one thing, but, you know, he's took over the whole of Pad Store. Yes. And giving out, like, loads of jobs and inspired Pad Stein. Sort of Pad Stein. Yeah, it's now called Pad Stein. Is that what they call no, it? No, Rick Stein, that, yeah. Pad Stein. I get it, I get it. You know, he's got all them and... All the dinners he does yeah. and, you know, talks and, inst- you know, just yeah. constantly, constantly. And this is from, like, probably the late 80s or maybe even 70s, mid- I'd oh, say. Oh, would I think, um, Well, I'd say in TV, probably 80s. But, yeah. yes, it, like, his career's spent. Oh, yeah, back, yeah, 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 amazing. But I think that what really sets people at that level apart is that they never stop learning and they're always open. Like I remember seeing him just last month and um, he he popped into, we were at Lamont's in um, Margaret River. Mm. And, um, As you are. Yeah, yeah, on um, Smith's Beach. And he sort of popped in to use the bathroom and as he was coming out, I had some incredible tempura whiting. And I said, Rick, you need to try this. It's really good. Yeah. And he's sort of like, he's rushing out and he's like, ooh, grabs a fork. And, you know, he's still genuinely he's excited. Like, yeah, genuinely, yeah. genuinely excited. And he gets genuinely excited to meet anybody that has that same passion for food. So yeah, it's amazing. that's it. And he had his little dog. I think his dog died. Oh, I think. Chalky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he took them and... On the riverboats in France yeah. and you know in 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 India mm-hmm. and as well like I know it seems really great and I'm I'm mocking him saying you know it must be such a great life but it, it's not that easy also no. on the body at that age I bet it starts draining as well packing your back moving up and down get yeah. you know all that kind of thing it won't be easy luckily you know he's got a really supportive partner in Sarah and Sass and um you know his his son now does a lot of stuff as well well because oh, his son uh, he's got two sons um, Charlie and Jack and I, I'm pretty sure they're both they're both chefs yeah um and Jack is doing some TV stuff and and cook like you know cookbooks and stuff as well Good so for him. and for spitting image. Like, it's actually crazy. Oh, I, I was thinking, do you know what Spitting Image is? Do you know that show? No. What oh, is that okay. show? So, so Spitting Image back in the 80s was a show in England, which, again, is Spitting Image. Obviously, like, the the, the similar they look. They find doppelgangers. Yeah, doppelgangers. Yeah. But they would do it on, like... Um, uh, MPs and stuff. It was like a comedy sketch show, and they were like gotcha. they were made out of like figurines, and they just took the piss out of them. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. And when you said that, anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> just off subject. I was like, yeah. spitting names. I haven't heard that word for ages. Yeah, but it's um, it's really fantastic that you know he's able to ca- continue and carry on that legacy, and yeah, he's got yeah. support around him because that's the other thing. You know, I think it's really important um, when you're at that level that you've got. Your network. Yeah. Yeah. And so him, Nigella, who else have you done it as well? Oh, it's not a name drop. Yeah, show. no, come on. Give me one more. One <laughs> Cooking more, one the more. name drops. Um, who else? You know, I'm, just, I'm trying to think. Every time that I have the opportunity, like I remember there was one there was one session um, as part of sort of these breakfasts with the best Yeah. where it was um, 
Joan Rocker, um, Andoni, and um, Dominique Crenn all yeah, on stage, and yeah, and so and chatting to them. And were you nervous? Um, no, the weird thing, I get I get butterflies, yeah. which is good because it shows that you know I'm still. Still on my, yeah, on, on my yeah, toes. Living on your, living yeah, living on your adrenaline or totally. whatever. Totally. Yeah. But I think because my background's in teaching, you know, I know that my role is just to um, glean information and convey it to people and give them something to connect with. So I don't get nervous in that sort of setting. Yeah, okay. But it's also because I've done all my research beforehand, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and it starts as soon as I get a gig, I'm already thinking, okay, so what angle, you know. Exactly. What direction, uh, what can I learn or what can I get out of these people that they don't get asked most of the time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What makes them tick? Yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. What makes them tick? That's a great, yeah. great way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And you also have a segment on ABC. Yeah, so that's that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, so news breakfast. Um, is that weekly, monthly? Well, they want it to be more often, but it's a it's a slog. Like, yeah, I watched on your stories. You're, a bit, you're like ten hours cooking. Yep, and yeah, doing yep. the leather. You've got to commit because yeah, yeah. I think that you know there's a lot of um, it's a lot of work for uh, no disrespect the short segment. Yeah, I don't yeah. know that segment. I'm not knocking the yep. amount of time, but mm-hmm. you know. A lot of effort goes into that, that five minutes. What yeah. is it? Is it five it's minutes? So it's about eight and a half, eight, yeah, sometimes ten. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah, I'm not knocking. Can, yeah, no, hey, I'm not no knocking. It down. I'm not, I'm not no. offended. Um, but I think that if you're going to do something, you've got to commit fully and you've got to do it yeah. properly so that people actually get value out of it. Yeah, so definitely. So every project that I do, I think, what's the value add? You know, what can yeah, I yeah. bring to this? So when they first approached me for it, it was literally like, let's talk about food. And I thought, okay, but there are heaps of other shows where people talk about food. Yeah. Food is not words not just words it's there's got to be <laughs> yeah yeah there's something there food. to see and That's taste right. and whatnot exactly. yeah, yeah. and then um sort of a few months in i was getting so many emails um and dms about recipes that i thought okay fine recipes from I'll you start, how, yeah yeah, yeah okay. so how, how do, do i, I do make it? that and so then it was like okay i've gone from i've just made more work for myself to actually <laughs> write these recipes and make sure that people can recreate it at home but you know why why do it unless it's actually going to Impact give value. People, give value. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That leather was good. We used to do that like a long time ago as well as a garnish back in the day. It was okay. amazing. Can you please tell me what the secret is? Because I'm so still trying to perfect we it. We used to use um, boiron, you know, boiron puree. Do you know what that is? What is that? It's a French puree, like um, coolie, oh. like a French oh, yeah. like, coolie kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yep. And we used to use that. So this, I'm going back years and years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, they used, we used to just spread it on a silk part. This, like, uh, I'm going back 94. Five or something here, so yeah. I can't. And it was in the pastry that they used to do it, and they used to just spread it on the silk pat, put it in the oven on a low temp. I'm pretty sure. I think. I think it's actually on the website on the on the um, uh, Waron website how right. to do it. I'm pretty sure. I need to access and then, that. Yeah, and then you just. I think they just dried it out overnight, yep. and then just. I think they used like it was quite pliable and yeah, then yeah. twisting the shapes and different things. Are they chocking? Are you chocking that oven open with a wooden spoon, or are you closing oh, the oven? Oh man. Like I said, I, I, I honestly, I would be lying. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it would be like, I don't know if it's like fans closed, fans open on the mm-hmm. rationale. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? There would have been some sort of technique. But totally. There'll, there'll be someone out there yeah. to be like, yeah. Or even like I said, Boiron, I'm, I'm sure you used to use Boiron Puree and it was on their website. On, their, right. on their website. I'll so give yeah, it a Google. Check it out. But yeah. yeah, I think that's a great little snack in that, for, yeah. especially for kids, right? I agree. Yeah. And I think 100%. that, you know, the thing that has, it's also forced me to test my recipes, which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I will be the first to admit that I'm the sort of person that's just like, yeah, you know, just whack it together. But, you know, the sort of questions that the general populace have that we just kind of take for granted um, because, you know, just using our 
cook a, you know, yeah, our yeah, cook's your, intuition. Your nature or exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, for example, for my sort of um, festive plate segment, I did an agar um, pav yeah. uh, in, in inverted commas. It was like a vegan pav where yeah. um, it was the sort of fruit that you'd put on a pavlova, but it was a coconut-based agar jelly in like yeah, a bunt okay. pan. It looked sick the first the first one that i did you know it was really about getting the ratio of agar to coconut right yeah, and seeing yeah. how that and when it turned out it just went <laughs> not on telly i not hope on no. Telly, no. Yeah, yeah. No. Practice. exactly yeah, yeah, and cause, so you know cause. there's there's a little bit of a rush as well because the first thing in the morning because it's a morning segment yeah so, yeah you know um i'm on set by sort of 6.45, 7 oh, o'clock shit. in the morning, yeah, I'd already been prepping for an hour. <laughs> I've probably gone to bed by, you know, 11, 11.30 at night because I'm still writing recipes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wild. It's kind of like service. Yeah, you know, yeah, It's that yeah. same rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could imagine. <laughs> but we've got a baby on the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? Hang on. Like, just get the milk and, you know, like, it's going to be, you're going to be juggling. Yeah. That's all right. But that's all You'll right. You'll make it work. Exactly. You know, if Definitely. you want, if you want something done right, you give it to a busy person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like that though, the night before. I'm the same, like, fuck, I need to write this and I'm rewriting it. Like, oh, you know, like even like today, to be honest with you, yeah. I'm like double checking things, right till the last minute. Do you know uh, what yeah. I mean? It's I was only exactly way. the same as a teacher. Like, well, you yeah. know, right before the kids would come into class, I was still trying to figure out, you know, okay, what am I going to, you know, that was just, um, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants person. Do you think that work being, a, well, you were a teacher, history teacher? So history and English, history yeah, and, and I was English. sort of head of department for, you know, the humanities, um, history geography department. That's amazing. Your face is so funny right <laughs> now. You're like, oh, teachers. <laughs> I know, I am, I'm a... <laughs> I didn't really realise, and this is the God's honest truth, and I guess I'm opening my heart, but I didn't really realise that I was so traumatised by yep. school and teachers till mm-hmm. like probably this week when I thought, man, like I just felt like a little bit of um, a bit of power over me, you know, like mm-hmm. a bully almost, yeah. like how you would feel if like you were going into a, if you hadn't seen a bully for like. Mm-hmm. 20 years, mm-hmm. that person might still have a little bit of thing over it. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah, I definitely yeah. felt that this week. Yeah. 100, when I knew you were coming this week, I was thinking I could feel like a little bit like anxiety yeah. from, from that. It's quite strange, really. That's a shame. It's actually, it's not unusual. You know, yeah. I think that um, the expression is that, you know, you'll, for, you might forget what they taught you, but you'll never forget how they made you feel. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, for you know, sure. And especially if um, you mentioned, you know, before we started recording, you know, having dyslexia. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And um, having undiagnosed dyslexia especially. Yeah. You don't know what, you know, why things just aren't going yeah, into exactly. your head. Like I spent a few years before I was di- like was diagnosed with myopia, so when, when I actually got my glasses, yeah, okay. um, I just thought that all the textures were really blurry and I just <laughs> I just couldn't yeah, you know, yeah. I couldn't read it. But yeah. it's um it's amazing what a change it can make when a student actually identifies what barrier they need to overcome. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. To you know, to, uh, to to get on the right path effectively exactly. for their path. Yeah. And the I can't tell you the amount of chefs that I've met who are dyslexic, who had a terrible time at school, who yeah. um, left early, you know, and they end up in the kitchen because there, you know, you've got your processes, um, you feel comfortable, you're yeah, in a yeah, team, yeah, yeah, exactly. you've got a job. To do, you know what you're doing. Yeah. You're yeah. And you're away. enthusiastic about it. That's do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly, yeah. I like honestly, I could honestly say I could I went through the whole of school literally not knowing what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I, like it was really big. I didn't even know what university was until like I was like twenty or something. I'd never even heard of university. Yeah. Like just bizarre. I was quite lucky because I wanted to be a chef from like eleven. So I was like I wasn't that you know, maybe a little bit my own fault. I wasn't that interested either. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But yep. Like I, to go into a room, like a room, 
I remember a science teacher, especially, he knew we just have it like, he, and he must come in early yeah. and he had one of them roller books. Oh, Do you know yeah. the ones that roll? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the black, you know, it's mm-hmm. got like three sides as it rolls down. Yeah. And he would write his morning lessons and he'd just, you'd literally go in, he'd say, like, that's on the board. And he'd say, just read through that and just do whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he would just literally sit there. Like, no joke. Yeah. That would be it. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, well, I can't, well, that's fucking, could be in Japanese for yeah. me. I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So then two minutes later, I'm like, well, everyone else has got their head down. And I'm like, head up, looking around. And then it's just start messing around because yeah. I want my mates to play with totally. me because I'm only young. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? I'm yeah. not. So I was like distracting them, which was probably not very good for them either. <laughs> Looking back, yeah, do you know what I mean? But well, like, I didn't have a clue what was going on. And yet, so much of cooking is science. So yeah, you, yeah. you know, you genuinely love science. Yeah. It's just that that way of teaching, which thankfully, you know, there's less and less of that. Is there? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the kids coming through. When I say kids, the uni students coming through that are being taught um, the new kind of experiential learning, the, the, the teachers learning, based to be, learning the exactly. Teachers, teachers learning, learning to, be, yeah. to be teachers. Yeah. That kind of baked on sit at your desk and you know tell kids off um it's slowly dying out but yeah. how did you know i, I want to know how did you know at 11 that you wanted to be a chef um how did i know um i just i just knew i just knew because my nana baked i was i was very close to my nana still i'm very close to my nana um she bakes and cooked and that's so i knew that and also, I'm re- I'm not just interested in the food side of like the cooking side of things. I'm really interested in getting like something, turning into something, and selling it on. Yeah, nice. I like that. Entrepreneurial. Uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't like to say that because that every Tom, Dick, and Harry says that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to brand myself as that because I'm I'm not. But like, I definitely like that process yeah. of buying something for ten bucks, mm-hmm. doing something to it in the middle, and selling it for forty. That yeah, nice. that makes me that interests me a lot. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was always I've been, I must have wrote. I'm not exaggerating. I must have wrote. Easy 500 business plans, easy, easy 500. <laughs> yeah. Like I would write them, that, that's what I would do. That would be like a, a little hobby that I would do. So mm-hmm. it'd be like simple things like the race course. This would, I'd never do these, but like there's a race course near me. So I'd say, oh, I want to make sandwiches and sell them outside. My mum would like, you can't do that. But anyway, I would ignore, I would ignore that you can't do it. And I would just write the business plan. So I'd be like one loaf of bread. One dollar, no, one pound back in them days. 30 slices, two slicing, 15. So that's da da da. One pack of ham, da 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 da. So that's how much it costs. I need to sell it for this. And, yeah. I, would, and I would just do that with heaps of things. Yeah. And just and imagine if you'd found, if a teacher had identified that as your exactly. passion, so, your spark. So I, when I was at school, I was, um, I used to, on the way to school, and sometimes on, on the first break, mm. I would run to the local, um, like uh, we call them corner shops, yeah, yeah. like Seven like Eleven yeah, or whatever, yeah. you know like what I mean? Bar. Milk bar, milk yeah. bar. And I would buy like gobstoppers, like I don't know, like, 50 gobstoppers for like, mm-hmm. they were two two pence each yeah. back in them days. And I used to come back and I used to sell them for 10 pence each. Good profit, huge profit <laughs> on that. And I was making good money, I was making like, do you know what I mean? Like trouble? Did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I got suspended from school for yeah, doing it. There you go. And I got kicked out of school, like, and then like, I don't know, a year later, they then got a tuck shop. They didn't have a tuck shop back in them days. They had nothing. <laughs> so I was like cleaning up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I was doing well, but it didn't last long. Then we moved on to Siggy's and a few other bits and bobs. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah. but I think exactly, I felt like that it got beaten out of me, to yeah. be totally honest with you, until like, yeah, until recently, until I managed to, to, to actually make the jump myself and go into business myself, yeah. which was, you know, it was a bit of a shame really. But like you say, if a teacher had got hold of that, maybe we could have gone down a different path. Who yeah. knows? But yeah. anyway, no hard feelings for any teacher, but it's amazing <laughs> what um, 
what it what it does do yeah yeah and I think that's actually that's a really good lesson for um any like for any leader who's got someone within their team that seems to be acting out or seems to be doing the wrong thing try and harness that energy into something positive definitely yeah like if someone's sort of too fidgety um you know during prep or whatever like maybe that's not the right job for them to be doing or whatever it is yeah like um every person has a really unique skill set it's like finding the venn diagram of what they like to do what they're good at yeah you know and what you need them to do absolutely get them to do that 100 percent. i couldn't agree more because when i was at rockpool i worked with zach was the head chef i was a sous chef there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um excuse me and uh we had a great a great relationship. So even when I sat down with Neil and they were promoting me and the rest of it, and I said, look, email and that is just not my thing. I'm not going to reply to emails. Like, I just mm-hmm. aren't going to do that. If you want me, we can, like, not Neil, especially phone me, but, like, managers and that, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. phone me, talk to me, whatever. Yep. I'm not really going to, it's not my thing. Mm. And they were a bit like, oh, like, all right, we get it, fine. So me and Zach, Zach used to just deal with all the emails, all that, like, he, mm. wages, all that. And I would look after just running the kitchen, ordering and, like, make sure all the quality was right, menus, you know, that kind yes. of, you know, just a bit more on the quality running side. Yep. So it was a great, and they didn't put the pressure on me either, mm. Rob Paul, to say, oh, no, you know, they said, okay, that's the kind of person he is, and then let me do that, which yeah. is probably one of the reasons why I felt like I really flourished there, to be yep. honest. And that's because you actually articulated it as well. So mm. sometimes, like, don't wait for someone to tell you what you should be doing or what you're good at. Like you've kind of got to say it. Yeah, as well. yeah. Don't be embarrassed. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. You are who you are at the exactly. end of the day. And as long as you're giving value and you're not trying to cut corners and and be like, I can't do that because I'm, I can't be bothered. Yeah. But it's more like, look, I really struggle with communicating with people. Can I just do this thing or yeah. whatever it might be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly, you know, quietly work on that. Definitely. To build it up as a skill as well. Definitely. Yeah. So you must have had some amazing students, some ways and kids, well, yeah. students, kids, your children, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I kind of, I did consider them my kids. You know, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had hundreds of students while I was teaching and even on my rounds. So, you know, I... um. I, I still am in contact with some of them. It's really funny. Like, they're in their 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, in fact, there was one student who I had in year, my year eight um, boys' English class who was just like, um, he was just such a such a good kid. And I saw him recently. I was out for pizza and so was he. And he's now um, about to start studying to be a teacher. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And that's just like, there's a word in Yiddish, nachis, which is like heartwarming. Yeah, And it just yeah. like, yeah, it just brings me so much joy. And then there was another kid who's um, studying at Oxford, you know, oh. and he was, again, he was, I'm pretty sure he was in that same English class. That was, yeah, you know, nice. so... I really love teaching middle school because it's kind of, it's that age, you know, grade five to year eight. So what age is that? So that's between um, grade five. So let's say 10 to 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really formative. You know, that's kind of, that's where you stop being the the disciplinarian and you start being the gardener and you're just planting seeds and you're watering and you're kind of, and you're watching them blossom as, as individuals rather than kind of like cookie cutter kids and it's something that I like to encourage as well you know with the stuff that I do now with Phenomenom all of those resources are designed to say hey meet every student where they are yeah 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 yeah. and meet every teacher where they are to give them the resources yeah it's 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 an amazing thing isn't it like what the what teachers are giving do you know what I mean like it's an amazing thing like like I my son goes to to childcare and they're, they're working really hard as well to try and, you know, to get them ready. He's just yep. in, he's in 
preschool or mm-hmm. you know he's, he's four so he's you know yeah. whatever that is mm-hmm. and he's just starting like they're doing a bit more like sitting down and, and talk you know trying to get him to sit down and they're saying he's really bad at listening he said he's really good at everything but he's really bad at listening and yeah. I'm like well I know I know that yeah. believe me I live with him isn't yeah. it? you know it's a <laughs> yeah but we need to work on it as well here yeah. and you know just to give him that that chance as well yeah. do you know what I mean totally it's a team it's a team effort yeah, no, it's all good. It's a team effort. <laughs> it's a yeah, team it effort. Def- I really feel like that at this day. I'm super happy with him. Like when we got there, we t- we communicate mm-hmm. really well. When on the end of the day, they'll say he's got a good day. And, and actually, yesterday, Monty, he, he, he kicked a girl, which is f- like I was. F- what? He, I know. He's he like. They were playing, and he ki- and he kicked a girl at, at daycare, which is you know, just a total nightmare. Mm. Um, and the teacher said, don't worry about it. It happens a lot. Mm-hmm. They do fight a lot yeah. between them. Like boys and girls are the same, he yeah. said. It's not like, you know, that kind of thing. Because I was like freaking out. Mm. And um, so we got home. He wasn't allowed out. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we like just a small punishment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like he knew he did wrong. Totally. You know? So again, like we're working together in that sense. That's do you so know great. What I mean? yeah, yeah, there's a really, um, there's a really fantastic um, author called Steve Biddulph and he's kind of a parenting he's like the Australian parenting expert Okay. Um, and he's written a book called Raising Boys and he's got another one called Raising Girls oh. if you haven't read that yet that's yeah, really yeah, good yeah, yeah for sure yeah, for anyone listening with young what's kids it called? what's it called again Raising Boys Raising so Boys so that would be the boy yeah, one yeah, yeah. Um, and Raising Girls as, yeah, as well yeah definitely check that out because yeah. my wife read um, Super Nanny oh yeah and, but, but, <laughs> it's not acceptable <laughs> is, that, is that like as in the Super Nanny's book yeah yeah, yeah. Right. it's really good okay I'll check it out. So, it, 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 so the things that she like the naughty step and yep. all that, that time out and all that that's really worked well for us yeah, like good. really really worked well because yep. just to like neutralize neutralize yeah. the situation yep. and just okay just relax and you know and yeah, yeah it's, um, it's really helped yeah well I think um it's interesting I was listening to a podcast about raising boys actually and um a different one Maggie Dent is another author who's really great and she talks about the fact that boys process things differently so in the moment that's not the time to teach them the lesson so that naughty step would work really well for Monty because like he's had some time to think about it and then once the situation's diffused that's when definitely you can have that that's definitely how has this become a parenting podcast yeah exactly (laughs) but it's you know i guess you know it's a big part of your life isn't it a big part of my life and going to be even a bigger part of your life soon so we'll get back on the track i was just looking at your website yeah and i come away feeling pumped i've got to say it it was i think it's fantastic thank you i really do and there's some things that i wanted to it says here here we go this i've read this about 55 times Okay. Are you ready? Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, God. <laughs> no idea where this is going. No, no, it's more me about, I've got to read this out. So this is like, I've been like stressing over this for like three days. Right. Learning to understand food, the way it makes our bodies feel, how it connects the world around us, it should be just as important as learning to read and write. Yeah. That's, that's pretty powerful. That's, that's for me, that's my, that's my mission. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you mean exactly by that, do you think? Well, I'm an English teacher. Yeah. So I I know how important and empowering it is when a kid understands and comprehends beyond just being able to read the words on the page. They're critically able to analyse what they have read. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like with food, it's a very underdeveloped area. The language is very underdeveloped as well. Um, and not what just do you mean, for kids. It, it, the language in what sense? Well, Sorry. so for example, yeah. um, the notion of healthy and unhealthy. Yeah, okay. You know, I think that we 
for generations have been taught to parrot this language around good and bad and healthy and unhealthy. And we don't even know what we're saying. Like what we actually should be thinking about is how does it make me feel? You know, that idea of developing our interoception, you know, how our body um, processes something, you know, rather than saying, oh, no, this isn't good for me because someone told me so. Yeah. um, It's kind of like, well, this feels good for me right now because it reminds me of Minan or whatever that is, you know, there's so much anxiety around food. So from that perspective, that's the health perspective, but also understanding our place within the food chain of, you know, sustainability and um, the environment. And so the, the, the ripple effect of choosing to buy, for example, choosing to spend a little bit more on a chicken Free range. Um, that's right. All of those things. Yeah. So like we've just joined um, the Milking Yard Farm oh, CSA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is the best thing, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're paying, so we're paying $18 a kilo for chicken, which yeah. to some people might sound absolutely preposterous. You know, yeah. how, how can you afford that? Because you can get a two kilo bird for that that's at the right. supermarket or whatever. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, first of all, you eat less of it because taste is nutrition. So it tastes amazing, yeah. right? But you eat less of it because it's so rich, it's so flavoursome that you get more portions out of it. Definitely. Like, you know, I can eat a drumstick and I'm good to go. <laughs> good to go. Yeah. Whereas you, you don't know, you need half a chicken either, let's be honest. You do not need half a chicken. And yeah. then you're getting so from that bird, and you'd understand it, like in yeah. terms of waste, like from that bird, I'm I'm roasting a bird, I'm getting the schmaltz at the bottom, yeah. um, which I can use to roast potatoes. Yeah. I'm then um, making a stock with the with the leftover carcass. How yellow is it from that bird's? It's like golden. Yeah, it's amazing. And so rich and yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, all that time that's spent, because those birds are older as well. Mm. So the flavour, like you're licking your lips because you yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've used them. I've done, I did a bit of work for them. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah Bruce and Roz, lovely mm. people. Yeah, so as soon yeah. as I saw that, you know, they were putting this out there and I think that there are more producers that are taking control and I think that um, it's up to us as consumers to support them. Definitely. You know, and that's... Because they can come up with the ideas. Exactly. And try and help it along, but yep. you need to definitely... We need exactly. to put our money where our because mouth if, is. If, yeah, exactly. We yep. need to put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree one yep. more because in so many areas that, yep. not just, you know, there's so many areas like sh- shopping online is another one. We'll get, I'll get to that. But going back to the chicken, like mm. they're trying to do the best. Yep. And, and everyone knows that that's right. So you've got to part with the cash. Like yep. where did it, when, when did buying $200 trainers mm. be- become more important than buying your dinner. Like, I yes. just, I don't get that. It's I a values conversation. I do not get that exactly. whatsoever. Yeah. Like, if, if anyone looked at our shopping bill, not that we're great, and I do loads of stuff wrong, and I eat shit ice cream, you know, I do loads <laughs> of stuff wrong, don't get me wrong, but if people seen our shopping bill, they'd be like, Six dollars for two liters of milk. What the mm. fuck are you paying six dollars for two? But it's, it's for me, it's milk. important to me that, it's, yes. that I buy that milk. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, no cheap sliced white bread. You know, go to Woodfrog. Mm-hmm. We use Woodfrog because it's here, mm-hmm. so we always go to Woodfrog. Yep. You know, why would you buy eight dollars for a loaf of bread? Why would you buy? Like, because that's important to me. Do that's you know what right. I mean? Not like buying Air Max. You know what I mean? I'll mm-hmm. buy sale things on sale on my, for my shoes. Yep. I, I would. I wouldn't pay over a hundred bucks for a pair of trainers. Never in a fucking mother's under. I just wouldn't. <laughs> but like. It's what's important to you. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that that to me is so much part of food literacy as well. And that's obviously not just a conversation for kids. That's a conversation for for everybody, Definitely. you know, because ev- like, everyone's on a spectrum of understanding food. I'm still I'm still learning new stuff every if, if single day. Every human on the earth is and, learning. And, you know, and I don't think I don't think that it comes down to, you know, you have to spend more in order to, to get better. Definitely. Because for, for those people who are living on, you know, like if you're just starting out, 
as yeah, a, you just bought a chef. And yeah, exactly. You know, or you've just bought a house uh, and you've got a child yeah. and you've lost one person at work. Yeah. For sure. Then you find other ways of making sure that you get the value. So, for example, you know, Pinot's at Paran Market on a Sunday afternoon sell their, you know, $10, $15 boxes of produce. Yeah, so awesome. all of the surplus, you know, so that could be something. Like, yeah, yeah. Y- yes, it's going to mean that you're going to have to make the time. Uh, to to go there or yes, it means that you need to build up your skills. Like that's kind of what we're paying for, I think, when we are paying a little bit extra is all of that stuff um, being done for us. But I think that if we can kind of arm people with with general knowledge and general skills to be able to use stuff and like when we first came here, you know, mum and dad, had absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so mum would go and get like the dodgy looking veg on the bottom shelf um, and she would make a big bush um, at the, you know, start of the week and that would be my afternoon tea every afternoon. So, you know, that cost her a a shitload less than if, you know, we went to, you know, got some nuggets or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fast food was was cost prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. So like – real fresh I hate all of these kind of descriptive terms because they've all been bastardized so but tasty food that's made at home doesn't have to be expensive and it also doesn't have to take a long time definitely and I like you like I think the training is a big part of it I was going to get into Mm. it like I think that is such a vital part of it like you know if I have three sausages Mm -hmm. I can you know, if you, and there's three of them, like me, my, Beck, and, and Monty. It's like, well, you can't make a dinner for three. Like, how can you do that with three sausages? But if you open them up, take the meat out, and turn, put them into like a little ragu, buy yeah, some yeah. like some cheap tomatoes. That's or literally whatever. my dinner tonight. Yeah, we're exactly. Doing, yeah, we're you doing know, pork and fennel sausage yeah, exactly. ragu. You know, yeah. something like that, and just add pasta or yep. add gnocchi yep. or add. You know, put it on the side of couscous or just with just put beans in there, yep. pie lentils. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's endless, isn't it? But, totally. But. Only if you know what you're doing. Exactly. That's yep. the problem. Like, That's right. We bought uh, like 500 grams of, of um, mince the other day. Beck made half into, into like a bolognese mm-hmm. and the other half we turned into like another ragu. Yeah. And that's like half a kilo of mince. But you're better off by, in my view, you're better off buying free range or mm-hmm. grass fed or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And just having a, a smaller amount, that's my view. Exactly. Buy the best you can afford and less of it. And yeah. then you'll have less waste. Exactly. And you'll probably... How much goes in the bin? Oh, fucking hell. 40% of all produce that's bought in Australia goes in the bin. Man. Isn't that crazy? It's just ridiculous. Yep. And the starving people around the... You know, and yeah. all the rest of it. And then yep. the landfill and, and, and all the rest of it. Yep. It's, it's amazing. You also say... Um, food doesn't just open mouths, it opens minds. Mm. And I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'll tell you what I think. Well, I love seeing people taste something new for the first time, and especially kids. I love seeing kids taste a new ingredient. And, you know, sometimes there's that trepidation of, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like it. And then, Pwah! so I was on stage at Festival 21 um, last week and I made a carrot top pesto. Oh. And we had a, a kid come up and sort of taste it. And, and even before the carrot top pesto, so we did the radish experiment um, where you you taste a radish yeah. and then you pop a little bit of um, butter on that radish and then you pop a little bit of salt flakes on the radish and you just see how it changes the flavor. Oh, okay, yeah, you know? yeah. And just to be able to see a child articulate how the taste changed in his mouth and, and all of those sorts of things, it made it, it made everybody in the audience think, well, there's more to this food thing than just... You know, but yeah, also, yeah. you know, I think food is a lens through which to view the world. So, you know, being open-minded is what I'm literally trying to say. Yeah, Be yeah. curious, stay yeah. interested, you know, choose your own adventure. It's great for geography. 
<laughs> Great you know I mean? for geography, it exactly. Yeah. Like it really is. Yep. I, that's one of the things that fascinates me. When it says when I read, when I first read that, I was like straight away up in my mind. And like you know, travel, mm-hmm. geography, and that if that doesn't open your mind, well, what does? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it's it's yeah. it's endless, you know, mm-hmm. out there. And then how the foods got there and, and and whatnot. You know, there's a lot of discussion there. Exactly. Yeah. And now you've you, you've created well. Is it did you create? You did create, didn't you? Phenomenon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Which I watched some of the videos. Oh, Not all. I watched about half a dozen. Yeah, yeah. About half a dozen. I yep. think of them, and they were fantastic. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely great. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Phenomenon is, um, you know, when you say I created it, it I had a huge team. Yeah, I was going to um, say that you know, is some big production. Yes. So at its peak, we had about sixty people working on Far the project. Out. But yeah, I was the sort of the top of the tree. I was Your the head idea of again. My idea. Yeah. yeah. So it was um, essentially the question was posed how do you make vegetables cool for kids yeah and i knew and who, who who offered you this question um so it was uh, hort innovation who look after the growers of fruit seeds and nuts and vegetables in australia, in australia. Yeah, yeah and it was the vegetable growers who um had the funds and you know i sort of pitched in this idea of creating something for the classroom which would mean that we can educate kids to be open-minded yeah. uh, because the intake of vegetables in this country it's it's quite similar to you know most western countries around the world so less than five percent of kids in australia get yeah. their recommended daily intake of vegetables yeah which you know i think that the thing is going back to the idea of being open-minded i think it's got huge ramifications because if we're um normalizing that idea of being able to just reject something unfamiliar or something new or othering vegetables mm. um what are we saying about other unfamiliar and new things in the world. Yeah, you know, what yeah, does that yeah, lead yeah. to? Yeah, yeah, I know, get it. A really closed-minded, um, fussy mindset. Yeah, not willing to change and all the rest. Exactly. Of it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big time. You find that with people that don't eat much, like, oh, I don't oh. like that. I don't like this. Oof. Again, they're like, I don't have email. Yeah. I don't. Have, do you know what I mean? Yeah. iPhones. I don't like iPhones yeah. or whatever it might be. They're closed. They're, not, they're closed. Yeah, they're exactly. not open. You've got to keep open. That's right. And then you feel like the. And some the more elderly people that also who are into it, like we mm-hmm. used to have Peter, he's like 70 odd, which isn't even that old really nowadays, but <laughs> no. for me it feels pretty old. But he, um, he's got an iPhone, he's listening to modern music, yeah. he's, he used to be a chef. It's how you stay he, young. And he, yeah, and he looks young, he's yep. vibrant, yep. he's not like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it just keeps you along that, that, that path. Exactly right. And so, you know, the way that Phenomenon works is that it's a series of videos that teachers can show, but also kids can find on YouTube because they're just obsessed with YouTube. Yeah. But also a set of 50 resources, all free. And, you know, some of them are projects, some of them are single lessons, basically embedding food into every part of the curriculum. So, for example, that science class, which is super boring because it's just like a teacher writing stuff on a board and expecting you to copy it down. Instead, why not learn about um, the digestive system by creating an analogue kind of digestive tract using a stocking and some applesauce and some beetroot juice and seeing how that, you know... How it all works. How it all works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's just one example. You know, first of all, kids are being exposed to beetroot juice and just like, oh, wow. And you know, getting in there, getting in there exactly yeah. in a really kind of um, comfortable, safe way. Yeah, and what happens in the classroom that's different to around the dinner table is that kids are spongy in class, they expect to be challenged and to learn new things. Whereas around the dinner table, there's so much um, psychology and baggage and emotion, especially for parents. You know, everybody's had an experience of either being forced to eat everything on their plate. Yeah, you can't have dessert. Exactly, yeah, be, yeah. or being rewarded with dessert. Yeah, so yeah, d- dessert yeah. becomes this kind of... Um, God or Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of that stuff, we don't even realise when we're kind of 
then carrying that into the conversations that we have with our kids. There's so much within that sort of psychic meme of um, what nourishment and comfort means to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and food is visceral. Like it's that. It's literally you are taking something and putting it into yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The you most know, personal thing in the that's world. That's exactly. Yeah, there yeah. are very few things that we do that with, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, of course, there's going to be more to it. And, of course, yeah. everybody's got a – it's very emotive as a topic, you know. Every person that I tell that I work in food, I kind of have to, like – wait and see what sort of response that gets yeah 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 <laughs> get it. yeah but that's cool uh, the, the parents need to be on board as well oh yeah so much yeah Do you we, know what I mean? yeah we call them the gatekeepers because yeah. you know you can tell a kid that broccoli is great and you can um, let them taste roast you know honey soy roasted broccoli in class and you know they can be like oh wow this is the coolest thing ever but if the parent says oh no they'll never eat that that is i can't tell you there's a, there's it's so annoying so we um I'm going to tell you an anecdote. Yeah, this go is, on. And this is um, part shout out, part anecdote. So yeah. um, we are absolutely obsessed with Sunday school ice cream because um, we're Southside, so Hawthorne Road. I don't know if you've been to Sunday school yet, but no. Clinton and Karina, you need to go and visit. Okay. So Karina used to be in the development kitchen at Fat Duck. Yeah, okay. Um, and so all of her flavor, like her, the way that she thinks about flavor with ice cream. What's it called? Uh, Sunday school. You know tuck shop burgers? Yeah, it's yeah, their, yeah, shop. So it's their ice cream, right, okay, yeah, their yeah, ice cream yeah. shop just yeah. a few doors down. And we're there every week. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting there and I every single week a family will come in and a parent will say, oh, no, you won't like that, oh. before the kid has even tasted it. And I just, it takes all of my, like I, I feel the fury coming up now. It you takes want to say all something? of my energy yeah. to just not say anything. And Clinton, who's behind the counter, is an absolute saint because, you know, he'll just <laughs> politely smile. But I, I know, you know, like I, he and I both know Whatever that kid tries, they're going to love because every single one of those ice creams is fantastic. Yeah, and if it's cold and a little bit sweet. Oh, do you my know God. what I mean? Like, it's ice cream, yeah, exactly, honestly. Yeah, exactly. so like they do a thing every month where they have like a substitute teacher that's a sort of hospo friend and my ice cream was um, chocolate beetroot. Oh, I've seen that on the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. And that was like was it good i gotta say it was phenomenal yeah. like, it was a fantastic flavor yeah that's great um with like a dark chocolate soil like it was really tasty mm. um but i would sit there and i'd watch parents say oh no you won't like it and it just broke my heart and then you'd get kids um whose parents were more open that wouldn't say a word and just kind of like you know, let them make the decision let them make the decision give them agency and then the kid would be like oh this is really nice and it's purple that's cool yeah yeah you know, so, so i just think that there's a Parents need to suspend their disbelief and deliver with confidence. Do you think a little bit of that is um, financial? Um, in terms of... Of terms of like, I want it, can I get that one? I don't like this one. Yes. Oh, shit, I'm going to have to buy another one yep. for $6 or mm-hmm. whatever. And that's just a waste of that or I'm going to eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's not an excuse because yep. you could try every ice cream parlor. You can, yep. can I get a try? Yep. Every ice mm-hmm. cream parlor can do that. So the, the answer would be... I think would be like, oh, give him a taste. If yeah. he likes it, you can have it. Yep. That's kind of what it is. At the very least, do that. But yeah, yeah. I, 100% one of the barriers for parents is that if they've had a negative experience before. Want, with, with yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like five years uh, ago yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Then um, the concern with food waste and, and yeah, financial waste is definitely there. And so mm. they just go, well, I know they're going to eat this, so I'm just going to get that for them again. They'll, they'll leave happy. Yeah, and exactly. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Vanilla. Give him vanilla. That's r- yeah. <laughs> but the thing with kids, you know, is um, neophobia is very much a thing. That's like the fear of the new and it's a defense mechanism. It's a survival instinct, okay. you know, and it, it kind of peaks around toddlerhood where um, 
normally like that's when their toddlers would be crawling around look like t- like caveman toddlers yeah um grabbing their little paleo berries and tasting them and you know they could potentially poison themselves so that's yeah. like that bitter receptor yeah, yeah. is there to be like ah but over time you know we build that up and then we start loving dark chocolate and coffee and you know beer and vegemite whatever yeah, whatever yeah, those yeah. things are yeah. so i think that um in terms of exposure you kind of need to expose kids to new foods 10 15 times before they really like get it yeah yeah so if it's a financial thing um i would say um get like don't give them a whole floret of the broccoli like slice that broccoli up and just like add like a few little bits kind of like they're called tiny tastes that method okay so like a, a few little bits of broccoli on the on the plate and not raw like yeah, do something yeah. good with it yeah, you yeah. know roast it up again honey anything with soy yeah yeah <laughs> kids, sweeten it up or sweeten so, it yeah, up a little yeah, honey yeah, soy sure, yeah. and burn the brassicas and you're you're in business but that's yeah like going back to phenomenon that exposure point doesn't have to be putting it in their mouths yeah. so that's why we expose them to vegetables on the screen or in the lesson or just even talking about how a tomato got from you know south america all the way through to italy like you know and now is just a classic like staple of italian yeah, yeah. cooking yeah yeah it's it, there's like the animation and that it's properly done isn't it it's not like oh, yeah. A, yeah it's properly properly <laughs> it's done properly and there's done. some like celebrities on there yeah, the, the, yeah. i don't know the afl guy uh, yeah chris judd chris judd yep. the, the the runner yeah, the, yeah yeah morgan mitchell yeah, yeah so we were uh, really you know we were really fortunate and you know um george columbaris obviously um gave us his um, press club projects kitchen Yo, to film in right? yeah, okay. so that was like that's that classroom of the future and everybody that worked on that project you know all of the celebs that we got in are all our mates that yeah, did it nice. all for free because they're passionate and it was just you know it just shows everybody gives a shit they do it's just that they don't necessarily know what to do to do to, how to get it out there as well exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly sure. so and and i think that what we're able to do with things like phenomenon is offer a solution it's not the it's not the silver bullet, but it's contributing to a system-wide shift. Is it going to be more? Yes. Season two yes. or whatever? So yeah, we're yeah. working on that at the moment, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got like a uh, – we're working on an episode with Eddie Wu, who's oh, like – Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's um, he's going to be our maths teacher yeah. in the classroom of the near future. And we're heading off um, yeah, on an animated adventure through a mushroom and onion land. Same, so, yeah, really same, cool. Same um, – <laughs> Kids? Same kids, same kids. Same demographic for yep, you? Yep, same one for, for me. And I think that um, just because it's a smaller project, we're going to keep it simple. And, yeah, yeah. You know, Transfer um, it across tr- easy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the new kind of in the next six months, we're working on a much broader, much bigger project. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to have two babies <laughs> to, yeah. Work, yeah. to work on. It's yeah. so – like I was I was like, man, this is like so well done. And I, t- I, took, two, I, I took two things from it. One was – this is pretty embarrassing, really. Brascas? Yeah, yeah. Bra- I didn't know what they were. Oh, my God. Seriously, I didn't know yeah, what they were. There you go. Cooking for 22 years. Never, like, I didn't know yep. that was the family. Yep. And now so, you know. Yeah, no, I'm not, not going to give any... If you don't know what it is, maybe you should watch the videos yeah. and find out yourself. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing was you had like a... A shopping guy, like yep. you know, whatever yep. you want, you know. Yep. He, Paul Harrison. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he said you should go into if you're going to go shopping, you should write a list because yeah. your front cortex is oh, that right? Yeah. Yep. You, you, you just find what you need. Yep. Fuck, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. Like, otherwise, because I buy so much. Like, if I walk by the cheese section, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just get that for some. You know, I'm just yeah. like, next thing you know, the bill's like 120 bucks. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> what did I do that? Yeah. So I'm going to. That's, that's what I'm definitely going to take away. 100. Yeah. percent And don't shop hungry. Is yeah, the other don't. Thing. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Classic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 
what else I was going to say about my, my we're having problems with with our son at the moment with eating and sitting at the dinner table. It is a honestly, it's a disaster right yep. now. It's like really, he's up and down, up mm-hmm. and down on the sofa. Off the, I'm like, sit down, like, and yeah, only he only eats protein. Like he, he'll eat as much meat mm-hmm. as you can give him, mm-hmm. but like vegetables, but. Like I was getting not getting stressed out, but Beck obviously she does a lot of reading about this mm. kind of thing, and she just keeps. We he does eat some things, rice. Yep. So you try and hide stuff in the rice, mm-hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. But um, she keep we keep putting the plate out. That's good. Keep just putting it out. That's it. Putting it out, and then the other day he was like, I like like he wouldn't eat tomato for like he's never eaten tomato. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't yep. like it. Then all of a sudden he was like, I like tomato. Yeah. And that was it. He started eating tomato. Boom. I was like. Huh? Like but, what but, happened there? But also think about it. Like, uh, as far as the year, when's the best time to be eating tomatoes? Yeah, summer, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll get parents like tomatoes are a classic example. I'll, I'll get parents saying, "Oh, my my kids hate tomatoes," and I'll say, well, "Where are you getting those tomatoes from?" And they're getting them from the you know the supermarket it where they've like been nothing. in cold store, and they taste yeah, like sponge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, either grow your own, yeah. or if you can, you know, yeah. um, and you don't need a lot of space either. Yeah, you can I've just get. That. Yeah, there you go. See. If he tastes one of those tomatoes, yeah, is yeah. that the tomato that he tasted? Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gold. Yeah. So coming back, like the thing that I learned from Phenomenon, because that's the thing, you know, it doesn't even matter if you made the thing, you're still going to learn stuff. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and the thing that I learned is that idea of taste is nutrition. And that so we had a taste expert who's a um, professor up in Brisbane, like via video link. Yeah. And he was talking about the fact that our bodies are really smart. You know, our taste buds are geared towards telling us when we are eating something that's nutritious for us. Yeah. Specifically for what we need right now and when we've had enough of that thing. But what tends to happen over time is that we kind of forget about our intuition, you know. So, um, like eating when you're full, still, eating, is that what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stopping when you're full, that, that sort of thing. For that. Exactly. Um, but in terms of ingredients, so tomatoes are at their peak right now, which means that they're at their peak nutrition. If you just pick that tomato straight off the vine, it's bursting with life like yeah, it's still yeah, vibrating yeah. well it was it was a lot yeah exactly yeah. It, was, it was absorbing water and it, everything and sunlight and exactly yeah. so when your son when monty puts that in his mouth he's getting that yeah, instead yeah. of just like this wet red thing yeah it tastes of nothing exactly yeah for sure yeah. and it, it makes you feel good yeah. it makes you feel good as a parent it makes you does it yeah. makes you like you know you feel like you're doing a good thing yeah. for them you know what i mean yeah and which uh, from the other perspective you can also understand why parents get so frustrated because you know if you've got a kid that's refusing an ingredient over and over and over again it makes you feel like you're not enough and and i think that what I really want to convey is that that whole process of like trying new things and being unfamiliar and all of that is completely normal. And if you're continuing to, at the very least, think about it, yeah, that's enough. Definitely. You know, like keep giving yourself chances and don't give up because it'll change. Yes. Yeah, so just keep going. And if he sees you eating it, yes. do you know what I mean? That's yep. also, yep. I think, a big part of it. That's He's, another thing. So exactly. we sit down every night and dinner. We were bad. Like we used to sit, you know, and watch, te- you know, yep. fucking terrible. It's nah, embarrassing. It it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> embarrassing. But when you, before that, you have a baby yeah. and that, and then, you know, your wife's breastfeeding or whatever, yeah. and she's sat there, there. Yeah. So you just, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things. And then as they get older, then we're like, okay, we need to sit at the dinner table because yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And then we're trying to, we, we've been doing that like a year or something, probably mm-hmm. trying to do it every single, every meal. We always Perfect. have dinner, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, but he, fuck, to get him to sit there, phew, yeah. man, to yeah. mission. Yeah. It's a, and it, don't get me, as a parent, and I'm not saying poo with me, I'm trying to be out, say to other people that are going through that as well, can go, oh, that's happening to me as well. Is, 
it almost, I don't want to say it ruins dinner, mm. but it can put a lot of pressure on the parents. Yeah. Say, come on, sit down. You're not like enjoying mm-hmm. dinner and having a nice casual chat. Yeah. It's yeah. like, come on, sit down, you know, relax. Try and sit, try and eat this, you know, yeah. and you're trying to get involved. So it's not, but eventually, hopefully you'll get, you'll eventually yeah. get there and he mm-hmm. will, you know, you'll break him down eventually and he'll just sit there. And, and also it might be a matter of forming some different rituals around dinner time that might kind yeah, of tell calm me. him down. Like, yeah. you know, um, make sure that he's doing something physical before before dinner. So Tire you know, him out effectively. Tire him out. Literally yeah, yeah. tire him out like yeah. a dog. Yeah, 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 for sure. And then he'll he won't have the energy to sit. What often happens as well, um, especially for parents with kids in daycare, like that that age point, is that they're being fed snacks throughout that day. Afternoon tea, afternoon tea. All those little like there are about five six points within that day that they're getting fed something. So by the time they get to dinner, they're not hungry Hungry, either. Definitely, that is a fact. That is a fact. Yeah, yeah, that so, is definitely. Because when it, like on a weekend, when we just have like breakfast, lunch, and then dinner, yeah. he's more likely to do that as well. What a surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's a hard one, but you, they need to go to daycare. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's one of them, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. so the real message there is like, understand the context and don't beat yourself up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, don't beat yourself up yeah. and don't fall out with your partner over it, even Oof. though it does get stressful. Yeah. It does get stressful between you. Yep. But you've just got to, you know, you've got to try and keep calm. Yep. I think that's, empathy. you know. Empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah empathise yeah. with the child, but also empathise with yourself. Like, be kind yeah, to definitely. yourself and to your partner. Definitely. Yep. The import, there's obviously the children, it's important for the growing and, you know, learning about all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it's also important, I think, for adults to learn to cook. The reason, one of the things I want to say about that is when Beck had Monty, there was, you know, there was women around who also had babies at the time, obviously, mm. you know, they keep in touch. And Beck was coming back and telling me stories, not like bagging or whatever, but just saying, you know, I can't believe this is happening. Where there's ladies who have had babies mm. come home and they've still got to cook dinner yep. for the husband because mm-hmm. the husband don't know how to cook. Yep. I was like, oh, like, you know, they don't need that. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't. And also... The women need to be getting good nutrition mm-hmm. to help with breast milk or whatever, even if you're not breastfeeding mm-hmm. or whatever, but the, just to put the body back together effectively. Totally. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and mentally, never underestimate the importance that the mental side of having a baby is huge. Exactly. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. And loads of women go through a lot of problems after having babies mm. mentally. Well, um, there's actually a correlation that's, that's being researched further, but um, early studies show that iron deficiency and vitamin D deficiency are the two that... Um, can be real markers for postnatal depression. So, yeah, okay. you know, getting your loss of blood and things. Um, is that? Yeah. Well, I don't even think it. I don't. I don't know what it would do to the brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's essentially, you know, it could also be that the gut, leaky gut through stress and, and all of those yeah, things, yeah, you know, yeah. talking about fermentation. Yeah, yeah, so sure. building up your gut health um, during pregnancy or ideally beforehand as well, but also eating, you know, green leafies and, and high protein, you know, high iron foods. Um, make sure that you know all of that stuff is kind of in play but so yes adults need to learn how to cook definitely i yes and um and also mitigating all of that so if you know that you are going to have to come home and cook like batch cook stuff yeah, yeah and just yeah. have it ready to go for the definitely. week we don't need to be recook we don't need to be cooking something new every night of the week things last as well people yeah. don't realize how the things yeah. last like you can a bowl of nails will last in the fridge five days i'm exactly. telling you no yeah. problem and no if problem. you want to you can you know pop portions of it in snaplock bags or freeze containers it. and freeze it freezing's yeah. fine. Everyone, fine for everyone like knocks freezing freezing's absolutely fine totally. i couldn't agree more exactly but like I, I don't know if it's a you know restaurants struggle 
Restaurant, the restaurant industry is a tough industry, yeah. right? It's, a, it's hard to make money, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is. And there's a lot of restaurants struggling. But it seems like there's a lot of skill in them restaurants that's going to waste. Uh-huh. I just can't help thinking, is, is it not somewhere where the government can support and maybe subsidise adults to go and do cookery classes on, you know, a lot of restaurants are shut Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Maybe the owner could get a little bit of extra revenue stream, do a five-hour cookery course on a Monday afternoon or Monday night for some dads. Like, I was going to, I was trying to do it and I spoke to the um, the maternal health, child yeah. health nurse who yeah. was really supportive and mm-hmm. said, you should do this. And I was going to call it Dad's Dinners. Yeah, and that's a great and, idea. You and, need to write a business plan. Yeah, and I, <laughs> but I've just got too much on to be yeah. talking. Right now I've got too much on. It's something that I've definitely looked into. It's something where... You know, parents, um, it's something to be offered to parents who are going to potentially have parents. You know, when you go to an antenatal class or whatever, you know, offered it to them and they can come and go. And maybe it's an an opportunity for restaurants to make a little bit extra money and the government to support it. Because ultimately in the future, it's going to pay off. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think it's important for for adults to learn to cook somewhere or another. And and that's the thing. Like ultimately there are kind of entry points within our lives where we're more susceptible, more open to... Something new. To something new, but yeah. especially when it comes to nourishing ourselves, you know, points like um, moving out of home or... Um, you know, potentially having a ch- like having a child, like that's that's a pretty big changes deal. You. As changes a guy, you. Yeah. it changes you yep. massively. So, Absolutely. And if that's if that then is the point at which we meet people and we say, hey, listen, like now's the time. Not only is your child going to benefit from this, but you're going to benefit from this Definitely. too. So I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, you know? I think, I think so. Hopefully, you've put it out into the universe now. Yeah, so yeah. Let's, let's see. Let's see yeah, how we all go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got a few points that I want to bring up. A little bit more of a discussion point. So that's like one. Okay. Another one is. Um, um, pack lunches. What's your view on pack lunches? Yeah. Well, that's a very funny question, Robbie, because that was obviously yeah, my yeah, segment yeah. for News Breakfast. Um, and it's it's been interesting because the same day that my segment came out, an article came out with pictures of packed lunches in a really affluent area and a sort of le- lower socioeconomic area. And the thing that um, I think looking at the title of that, you kind of have certain preconceived notions of what that article might be. Yeah. But the ultimate truth is that just because they've taken that um, thing out of its packet, like the the lunches actually didn't differ that much in terms of nutritional value. Yeah. Um, And so – my key point for parents for packed lunches is that it's one meal in a kid's day. So again, um, don't overcook it. Don't look at other people's lunch boxes and think, oh shit, I'm not doing enough or whatever it is. Yeah. If you're sending your child to school with a lunch, ideally that you have helped, you know, there's stuff in there that, that's been cooked at home. Like my ideal would be if the kids were participating within that process of cooking, yeah. then they're probably going to be more likely to eat the thing. But don't don't feel like you're a failure. Like there are so many points at which we already feel like we're not enough. Like packed lunches are just another thing. And I can see like you're just like nodding. Yeah, no, no, yeah. for sure. And I get it. Um, it's something I'm, I'm actually writing an article about it at the moment for good food. So that'll mm. be out hopefully by the time this podcast comes out. It'll yeah. be like perfect timing. But something is happening within our um, food system where it, you know, I talked about it before, that unhealthy, healthy, the binary kind of messaging around food and the anxiety around food. This world is so unpredictable. There is some weird-ass shit going on in every part of this world yeah. and food is one area that we feel like we can control. And so we're putting that control into some really unhealthy patterns and one of those patterns is what we're feeding ourselves and what we're feeding our kids. Yeah. So, you know, I can't control what 
old mate does over in America, but I can control that my child gets a hashtag healthy lunchbox or whatever that is. But what we don't realise is that kids don't work that way. They're very rules-based. So they're very black and white. They don't understand grey. So if you say this is a good food, this is a bad food, they're going to go to school and they're going to maybe tell another kid who's got a, you know, a roll-up, whatever they've got in their their lunchbox. And and knock them for that. Knock them down. So I... um, had an anecdote from an academic about a kid burying a muesli bar in the kitchen garden at school because they were too embarrassed. I had another parent um, message me and say, I'm so glad that, because I I mentioned that on TV yesterday, I had another parent tell me that they've got a seven-year-old that's not, that doesn't want to go to school because he's too embarrassed about his lunch. And that because, I don't know what, What's with the muesli bar thing? But it's a muesli bar thing again hmm. because he's got a home brand muesli bar and all the oh, other kids have God a Carmen's, yeah, you know. And so and, – and it also teaches, you know, teachers mean so well, like the intentions are good, but there's a, there's a lot of that sort of, um, okay, everyone get your lunchbox out and let's all um, talk about yeah. what's good and what's bad in <laughs> yeah, these lunchboxes. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, it comes from the right place, but it needs to be um, – the teachers need to be educated just as much as the parents and the yeah. kids – you know, so I think that um, what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to food, it goes so far beyond what we're just putting in our mouths. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Stigmas and all, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Lunch is a time that the lunchbox is actually a time rather than thinking about what healthy food can I fuel my child with today. It's a time where you're teaching healthful habits for life, which means take responsibility for the food that you're making, which means sit down to eat, which means put your rubbish in the bin, mm, you know, yeah, eat yeah, what yeah. you've got, all of those things and don't judge other people. For what they're having. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. I agree on so many terms. For me, I don't like them. I was never brought up with them. Yeah. yeah. I, I had school dinners. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realise that. One of the things I like about the daycare that Monty goes to is that they get really good food. Excuse me. They get really, really good food. Like there's a chef there. Yep. Um, and he's awesome. He's such a nice guy. And they get muffins, but they get like uh, cheese and uh, cheese and ham ones, mm-hmm. or you know, savory yeah, kind of ones. They always have like crudités yep. and dips. It's really good. And it's not like a posh, like you know, it's just like a regular yeah, daycare. Yeah. Tea. So I love that. But then I feel like they've gone from that, and also like they all get the same. Yeah. Yep. So also they all get the same in the sense of they've all got the same opportunity mm-hmm. nutrition wise yep, yep. to learn. Mm-hmm. Where like if a one person doesn't can't afford the yep. same nutrition, mm-hmm. therefore the kid's on the backward step straight away. Totally. Just because mm-hmm. and never mind the fact that there's private schools, mm-hmm. if you can't afford to go to them, you you're on another step down. Mm-hmm. Then if you can't afford you know, you're probably in a, a low income area. Again, another step down, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. then again, you're not getting the nutrition, mm-hmm. another step down. So you've got this fucking huge ladder to climb. So I don't like that about it because yeah. I like the fact that if there's a school dinner, everyone gets the same opportunity. Yep. You know, I don't like the fact that um, it's teaching. I think it's promoting eating out of packets. Mm, yep. I don't like that. Like from, from ready meal um, snack bar, Sorry, from snack bar is it, the next progression is ready meal. Yeah, you're getting used to opening a little packet. Bento box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. But yep. not everyone can afford that. Not yep. everyone knows how to do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I just think like. For me, it would be better just to eradicate it personally. I know yeah. it, it's not possible, whatever it might be, <laughs> but I just feel like 
what's wrong with school dinners? Like, I don't know what's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's, there's no chance. I know that. I, yeah. I'm fully aware of that. But I think it's it's not fair, in my view. That's my view on school dinners. Yeah, on, I think on, if you look at the French, for example, they've yeah. got their three-course lunches that kids have every day and they sit down and they eat with cutlery. Yeah. That's one thing actually... Um, you know, eight-year-olds, my home economist is also a kitchen garden specialist, yeah. and she tells me that she gets sort of 10-year-olds coming to her who've never eaten with a knife and fork, oh. you know, so because they're just eating hand food yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and so I I think certainly that in principle would be a fantastic idea to be able to introduce that as a concept. But if you look at the way that things are going in the UK, so much of that school dinner um, benefit is reliant on a passionate chef or a passionate operator or a principal that's engaged. Yeah. Like there are just um, – I think that the reason why Australia doesn't have it and the reason why we probably won't is because people feel like they want to have individual choice. And so, you know, you can't tell me what my kid has to eat sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and so there are some really great initiatives out there trying to supply like breakfast clubs and, um, you know, lunch Clubs trying to supply kids, underprivileged kids, with lunches That's good. to give them to give them a, a little bit of a of a leg up. But by the same token, like a, a white bread sandwich is probably not going to nourish them for for very long. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You know, I think that there's a lot of room. Back to what you were saying about you know chefs um, who are twiddling their thumbs on a Monday and a Tuesday. There are some incredible examples overseas of chefs. Um, taking over canteens or um, in schools, create, in schools, yeah, definitely like pop ups almost, yeah, all definitely. of that stuff. And even you know, if chefs are contributing their time, let's say to organisations like Fair Share or to you know food, like you know, food banks, Second Bite, Oz Harvest, all of those to try and like redistribute all of this food that would otherwise go to waste, all that skill that's kind of being napped away yeah, on a yeah. Monday afternoon into our underprivileged schools. That definitely. would be I would love to I would get involved in that. Yeah. I would definitely get involved. Especially with kids and things, I would definitely get involved in that. And like, awesome. And like you, that you could Turn that in, especially in like secondary school, you could almost, you're probably going to get more people in the industry as well, you yeah. know, you, you, yeah. in, in teaching kids. If you did some sort of pop up and if it was government funded a mm-hmm. little bit as mm-hmm. well, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, fuck, like Commonwealth just said they made X amount of billion profit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, put some get of your it, fucking yeah. hand in your pocket. Hand it over. Um, and get even, your hand in your pocket, yeah, you like getting bastards. the older kids, like if the chefs are teaching the older kids to cook the food and then that, that food goes to the younger kids. Because I think it's also important that it's not just grown ups giving stuff to kids. It's got to yeah, be kids I mean. teaching kids. Yeah, exactly. Big time. Especially if it's like, um, well, it would be in my school if you get like the cool kids. Yeah. A couple of the cool kids, like yep. the, the football captain or the, you know, the tennis captain, I don't yep. know, whoever they are, to get involved. Yeah. Then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy does it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So and that's cool. Because it, it's cool. Exactly. And just trying to get them involved, give them a little backhand of 50 bucks, come along with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah, well, I found get them out on board. Th- there's um, one thing that's a little bit of a barrier for parents at the moment that I was certainly never experienced when I was teaching. Uh, I don't know when this happened, but I, I can tell why. But some schools are introducing 10-minute eating policies for lunchtime. So kids have 10 minutes to eat and then the classroom's locked and they have to go outside and they can't eat anymore. So parents are saying lunch is, you know, being left for that reason. And so 
some sort of grade five, six sort of senior students uh, setting up lunch clubs where they're getting, you know, a teacher to come and supervise and like the younger kids who they're still want to eat. It. They're organising it. Good for them. And that's awesome. the thing. You know, what I really, I feel like there's been a lot of doom and gloom in, the, in this conversation, but what's yeah. really exciting for me and what we found through our research with Phenomenon is that this generation that's coming through are rebels. Yeah, they're standing you know, up for themselves. They take control. Yeah, they stand yeah, yeah. up for themselves. They Definitely. want to find better ways. Definitely. And they want to break out of all the bullshit that, has come before. Well, they've seen YouTube. They've seen it's possible. That's they've right. seen. Well, we'll just put it on there. You don't That's like right. it? We'll just plaster it everywhere. Exactly. And we'll get all the students from all the other schools to support us. And what you, you know what I mean? Totally. As long as it's in the positive. In America, you've seen that in the negative yep. as well, where they've ganged up on teachers yes, and things. But yep. obviously, we're just talking about the positive. Uh-huh. So yeah, definitely. I think something in that round there. I'm yeah. not the person to be doing it. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> someone maybe like you is more like the person <laughs> yeah. to be doing. You know, well, what I try to do, you know, with everything that I that I talk about it's always from a place of optimism because when people have hope you know things can still happen I think that you know it's a lot of negativity in the space that doesn't help anybody Um, you know you've got to be realistic but I think there's a lot to be hopeful about Definitely. but also what we need to do is harness that kind of activist mindset within kids and tell them that food is something that is just as important as climate change and something that they need to get involved with. And get them rallying for themselves. Exactly. Yeah 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 Yeah. I get it I get it. I'm on board. Where's my fucking banner? that drum I'm, yeah I'm, I'm there I'm there show me where I stand <laughs> it's, it's so true but it, honestly if there's anything that, no joke if there's anything in that area I would always be always be on board to, to, to help out in any way another thing I want to talk about is I think these are my views by mm-hmm. the way I don't understand how we can be selling like V or Red Bull at like 8.30 in the morning mm-hmm. to like 14-year-old kids on yeah. the way to school. Like, how can that, like... Yeah, there needs to be some po- responsible service of it energy needs, drinks. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be like banned till 9.30 mm-hmm. for kids under 15 or yep. what, whatever it might be. Like, it's just... You can't cigarettes or what? Then you you film them full of V or whatever, you know, a monster, mm. and they're on the way to school, and then you expect them to sit down, and totally. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and I think that um, that that comes back to the fact that um, you know we're in a capitalist culture, and people want to make money, so yeah, yeah. Um, of course they're going to sell it. But I think there are sort of shifts happening. Um, ideally, at some point, there'll be a sugar tax coming in. Jamie Oliver's chasing that. Yeah, hard, all that, yeah. all that stuff. Um, so because. Price for that age group is very much a factor, but also um, peer pressure. So, oh, so it'd be too expensive for yeah, them. Yeah, if it's too yeah, expensive, yeah, yeah, then yeah, they yeah. can't buy it. Oh, what a shame! Um, and, yeah, then, yeah, smart. and then if their mates are also not drinking it because they're more health conscious, which does tend to happen. So around about the fourteen to eighteen mark, that's when body image becomes very much a focus. Mm. So rather than selling them on the idea of like getting just getting excited about food it's also like how does it make me feel but also how does how do i um how does it make me look you know because that that's just what they're you know you don't see rafa drinking it no yes exactly so their um role models tend to now that they can see their lifestyle like the the responsible role models you know you can see that they are living a really healthful kind of existence that they're not even though they're but they've got their million billion dollar um, deal with Coca Cola or Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. They're not drinking it in their Insta stories, are they? No, they're not drinking <laughs> no, it. They're not they're drinking not, it. They may be a, like yeah. having it with a burger, maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One off. Yeah. Have a little treat. Yeah. But it's not like two a day or it's, whatever. Exactly. You know. That's right. It's it, trying to get these messages across, especially like I was I was reading a bit, I was studying a bit on on brain and a uh, gut and brain yep. and all the rest mm-hmm. of it, and it was saying like the brains. Uh, 
I'll, I'll fuck this up, but it's cool. like a, a lot of it's omega three helps with the mm. brain, mm-hmm. helps with messages. Mm-hmm. Like if you more omega three, yep. it helps neural with pathway. newer yep. pathways, mm-hmm. messages, and all that, which then in turn helps with mood. Yes, and not making decisions and mm-hmm. this kind of thing. And I just think like now it's with the amount of information that we're getting swamped with, yep. especially kids with on with the screens and mm. whatnot. Now is more time, more important time than ever to be getting to be feeding that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, oh yeah. With mood swings, depression, this kind totally. of thing. So it's, I don't know, I just feel like now we need to really be thinking about them kind of things more than ever. Yeah, there's a huge correlation between food and mood. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's some fantastic research coming out of Australia, actually. Deakin have a food and mood centre where they're you know doing research into depression and food. They had a study that showed that within three months, um, they, the control group kept, ha- um, kept on their antidepressants and kept kind of their same lifestyle, whereas the test group um had like changed their diet and focused more on that and it was i think a 30 percent drop in um depression just from changing diet so like like more varied or just completely changing the diet um more varied more fresh food focused um a lot more vegetables and a lot more as you say like oily fish and, and all of those sorts of things but um, and obviously probiotic foods are really important as well, yeah, because the gut, like, the, yeah, it's I'll, our second brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, and, like, I, I, I had good seed in here and they were talking about, like, the, the information is, like, it's going down to yeah. going up. It's, yep. like, 90, 10 or something. Totally. Like, 90 going up and only yep. 10% going down. Mm-hmm. So it is really controlling the brain. It's, um, it's, a, it's Yeah, it's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. and, and gut health and everything. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a scary time in that sense in, in the way that, Social media and screens and, and, and amount of information being saltier mm-hmm. and having to, t- you know, it's a lot more than it ever used to be. It was yeah. a lot more than like 10 years ago, the amount that, that's coming in through your eyeballs. Yeah, it's yeah. heaps more. Yeah. Heaps, heaps more. And we're but, absorbing less of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, like, now the the food is, is, is like, the quality of food is declining as a whole, I would say, to be honest, like fast food and, and all the rest of it. Well, I think that it's interesting. People are voting with their dollar and they're actually spending less on those sort of fast food. Like if you look year on year. Um, dropping. So, yeah, it's dropping. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that that's pretty exciting. And it is within that sort of 16 to 24 year old bracket. Yeah. They're shifting away further away from you know junk food every day um but it has to be uh, then we need to offer them solutions and you know options i I think also when i say junk food and fast food i also mean like you know like um Ready meal, yeah, r- rubbish yeah. ready meals. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Rubbish ready meals. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. There's good ready meals out there. Yeah, there's yeah. some great ready meals mm-hmm. out there for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it all comes back that that's access, that skill and knowledge, and you know the um, education in education. education, education. Exactly. Yeah, you were you were a master chef. <laughs> I was. Yeah. How I was love, that? No, I'm really glad that like I don't know how long we're in, but like, to this podcast, but I'm glad it's taken this long to talk about master chef. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> yeah. normally quite common, is yeah, it? Yeah, but yes. it's crazy. Like that was sort of um, seven seven odd years ago now. But that was so, the thing that made the big jump, wasn't yeah, it? That was like the time. leap, wasn't it? But it's funny. So before before MasterChef, I actually, when I was teaching, I pitched an elective to my sort of heads of school to do like a food and culture elective. And they sort of said, you know, you don't have the expertise. You're a history, geography, English teacher. Stay in your lane. And we don't think you'll get the, exact stay in your lane. Yeah. And we don't think you'll get the numbers. So I thought, you know, I'll show you. Um, <laughs> and so I did a chef at home course at William Anglis. And oh, it was brilliant. like a year long um, chef at home course. With That's a 
kind of thing we're talking yeah. about. What, a bit yeah, more yeah. E- yeah, 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 and Walter exactly. Trump, who's a Michelin star chef, you know, he, you know, we did 16 sessions, you know, mother sauces and um, stocks and, you know, basic like sort of skills. Roasting. Yeah, and all, all yeah, of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like. I can volute the shit out of this. <laughs> and then at the end, right at the end of the course, the MasterChef auditions were taking place in that same building. Oh, And so easy. I thought, yeah, and, and I hadn't watched the show and I hadn't ever thought to audition, but I thought um, I heard they were looking for people with personality who could cook. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, but also if my kids see me on the show, then I'll get the numbers for my elective. Yeah, yeah. So, so I auditioned and got in and um, did a lot better than I expected. So How was know, it? How it was, was the experience? The experience. Because um, you're locked away, right? Yeah, you're yeah, in lockdown. fucking horrendous. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Oh, like, yeah. That's not Count normal. me out. Yeah, that's TV. That's, Is it? Yeah, you know, okay. So it's sort of six months of deep lockdown where you get about 10 minutes of phone calls a in week. In Melbourne? In, uh, no, it was in Sydney. In Sydney. So, and you had a partner then as well? Um, yeah, yeah. So I was still um, my th- my then boyfriend, now husband. Yeah. So, so you could only speak to him for 10 minutes a week? 10 minutes it? a week. That's Jesus. right. Jesus. Yeah, and it was kind of – we could write letters, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> but, Old school. Yeah. Back in World War II. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm missing you. Yeah, you know? it was literally – it was exactly yeah, like exactly. that. And I found some, you know – Spray it with perfume. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was doing some <laughs> – Condoing the other day, and I found I found some of the letters, and it was just so you know. There's obviously a lot of emotion there, yeah. yeah um, but course. that's what they want, you know. They want that pressure cooker kind of environment, and I think that what that set me up for is that you know whatever comes my way, I'm just like ready, bring it, yeah. yeah because use of the camera and that oh, as well, yeah. yeah. Self conscious, you like get overall that, all that imagine. stuff, yeah. That's yeah. right, yeah. And I remember the executive producers like. The audition process was really rigorous and they said to me, oh, you've got a creative arts background, so, you know, what's to say you're not going on this for TV? And I'm just like, I could have auditioned for The Voice, not The Voice, that wasn't around then, for Australian Idol, for fucking Dancing with the Stars, for for all of these shows. I've never done any of this sort of stuff because... I've just, it's just not my jam. I'm here for the, the food. Like, yeah, yeah. It's always been cooking. It'll always be cooking. Like, that's that's why I'm here. And they were just like, okay, and these glasses, do you wear them <laughs> for, for seeing? I'm like, yes, why? <laughs> and I was wearing, I was wearing like transitions, my big like glasses yeah, with yeah. transitions lenses. And I'd taken them off because they'd like, the sun was beaming in and I, they were like sun, like pedo sunglasses. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to take these off. And so I'm like squinting at them, talking to them. And so obviously I can understand that question. But what I didn't realize at the time is that they were giving me um, a really good piece of advice, which is, you know, you got to have a gimmick. Yeah, stay with them. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay with, with them. them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. How many pairs have you got? Oh, shitloads. But have you? Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I I tend to sort of you know favor a couple. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Seasons and yeah, all colors. Yeah, all that stuff. But my my latest one. So I went through a phase where I thought maybe I'd go like a bit futuristic and go frameless, but big. Um, but like I'm Alice in frames, not yeah, Alice yeah, in frameless. Yeah, 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 so it, I had it. to. Yeah. So I've got my hot pink ones, fluoro pink ones now, which are just. My favourite ones ever. So and you, you, I always see you always have food clothes. Well, I've got a lot of food clothes, yeah. but I don't want it like I don't want it to be kitschy, like yeah, 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 so yeah, definitely. But you do, I do. Of, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but so I tend to wear my food clothes when I'm not doing food stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. interviewing in that or not? Yeah, not even that. Like if I'm, let's say, um, yeah, if it's a media opportunity that doesn't have to do with food, yeah, or yeah. an event where I'm sort of, you know pressing palms at the US consulate, whatever it is, that's when I wear the food yeah, stuff. Nice. Just to keep linking Just to in. exactly yeah, look it in, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if I'm, you know, if I'm up on stage with um, 
one of the big dogs, then I'm probably going to be like yeah. a little bit more sensible, which, you know, has been a progression because when I first came off MasterChef, um, I really got into like graphic prints and I was wearing like my favourite outfit was um, I had a, a burger sweater yeah. and chip <laughs> leggings yeah. and that was like my favourite outfit for a couple of years. And then I kind of got to a point where I was in Paris and um, one of those trend spotters came over and like took a photo and that was 2015 and they were like, oh, you know, this is like, thank you, we're going to put this on the thing. And I was just like, oh, shit, this is going to get big, um, so I'm going to do something else. Something different. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah, I did it before I was cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you always look smart, I've got to say. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. You do. do. No, you do, honestly. I'm not just saying that. Oh, about MasterChef, the pressure must be unbelievable. To, to, to create the mm. dishes and whatnot. Yeah. And is it is it quite friendly, you know, because it's, it's a competition at yeah. the end of the day and, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You must be studying. Yep. You have to, I guess, because they're going to... Yeah. If you want to win, you're there to win, right? So you might as well study and, and, and try and get on. Is a is it good camaraderie or is it a bit there's more... There's definitely good camaraderie, yeah. And I think it's kind of like school, you know, you're going to get along with different personalities better than others. Yeah. And, you know, what I remember is that in the top 100, there were like a group of us that were all really alike, all really like laughing and loving life. Oh, so this would be great this if it was all This is my of, people. Yeah, but it's not going to be All of them were gone. It was like yeah, Highlander, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, there, yeah. there can be only one and it was me. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to get along with 23 people that were cast because they were different to me and in our lives we surround ourselves with people who are like us same mentality same mentality same values you know get up in the morning like yes life is good and people would be like can you just like zip it shut up yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it also taught me that you know that I needed to kind of shift my expectations of people that not everyone sees the world the way that I do so the whole thing it was very very formative um you know it was like it was the most stressful thing I've ever done my whole body like it was the amount of um cortisol rushing through me for months really took me a long time to get over oh definitely I could imagine like yeah you, you're really putting yourself out there. Oof. Especially, you're so vulnerable, aren't you? Yeah. You're like so vulnerable because, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. And mm-hmm. then, and let's be totally honest, they put them them guys, I don't watch it to be honest because it, 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 some of the part of it winds me up. And that's, yeah. no, it's, that's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that they stitch them up. Yeah. I think they put them under some, where they, 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 they set them to fail. You yes. Could, a professional couldn't be outside South Melbourne Market with mm. fucking 2,000 people. Yep. And you've got to start from scratch yeah. to, you know, like, yeah, it's it's inevitable they're going to go down. Yeah. no one there, no one on that panel could do it. So why do it to them? That that winds me up. Yeah, to be with I you. know, I know what you mean. And there are like there are time. I think about some of the challenges that we had. Um, I think there's a duty of care that they certainly like think about. You know, how do we make sure to keep these guys safe? And they do try to do that. But then maybe they don't necessarily think through the process. So like we had a pizza challenge in Italy, um, where we had to serve up you know, 50 pizzas, but everybody came in at the same time. And, yeah. <laughs> and so Which restaurant like, yeah, does that was, do? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's not realistic, it but it makes great TV. Makes great TV, yeah. but you know what, that, that the pressure that oh, that yeah. puts you under, that, yeah. you can feel your heart beating out your chest. Totally. You say it's, it's, it's yeah. oh man, it's, it's a brutal. Yeah, so don't, don't do it unless you really <laughs> genuinely, and people will often, you know, get in touch with me, friends of friends who are thinking about going on the show or any sort of similar show will, will get in touch with me and ask me, should I go on it? And I say, what do you want to do? Because if you want to be a chef, 
you don't need to go on MasterChef. Like yeah, you need yeah. to go and get an apprenticeship and you need to go through that process. If you want to be a food personality, then maybe uh, like it's 11, 12 seasons in. I don't know if that's right for you either. These oh, days, yeah, yeah. you know, you've got the opportunity to create your own platform on social media. So do that. Work hard at it. Work hard at it. You yeah. know, I actually, my audience most of them don't even know I was on MasterChef. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. I've They are organic, you know, people that have over You've the grown, years yeah, we've yeah. grown together. Yeah. Um, because my season, we, we weren't allowed to tweet or Instagram during the season. So, you know, whereas seasons part, like future seasons are just like milking the Yeah, <laughs> yeah get more viewers, <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah. Wow, like how great was that challenge last night, guys? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Really enjoying my time in the house. <laughs> Sat next to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, then when you left, sorry, I didn't put no, you off that. When, when you left, did they like prepare you? Did they say, look, you're going to get this offer, you're going to get that offer, you're going to, mm. you know, did they prepare you in that way or was it just like, okay, thanks very much, see you later? Or? There was, um, the first thing that happened when I was eliminated is that the, the executive producers sat me down and said, stay off Twitter. <laughs> because, you know, haters going to hate, people are commenting. And yes. the funny thing for me was that everyone was kind of commenting on my glasses, like, oh, those glasses are dumb. And it's like, yeah, but I can take my glasses off. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. what's your excuse? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. I used to be a teacher. Do you not think I've heard everything? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but um, it was actually the judges sort of um, and past contestants that get in touch with you. Oh, nice and bit kind of, of Yeah, and it's, and it's a real community. And I try to, you know, pay that forward now as well. Yeah, yeah, um, great. Because... You, there's nothing like it. That experience, if you haven't been through it, like it's a baptism of fire. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just the cabin fever and Stockholm syndrome that kicks in once you get off the show. Yeah. You know, I sort of spent three months kind of like huddled over the heater because it was still winter, like on my phone reading the comments on Twitter, the yeah, thing that I wasn't um, supposed to do, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then Seeing how much everyone hated yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's right. And it takes years. Like it really does take years yeah, yeah. to – I think the thing that you really need to untrain yourself about is to stop worrying about being judged all yeah, the time because exactly. that's literally 100%. what this competition yeah. And so um, – but once you break past that, again, like as I said, you know, I am like – galvanized i'm like when like in terminator went through the fire you know say what you want yeah say what you want like water off a duck's back definitely wait did did you get you you did a book from that right yeah Yeah, i did yeah yeah Yeah, alice's food a to z and did you do like this isn't me my my wife told me about it was my wife that put me on here to be honest with you but um uh, did you do like a, a veg- vegetable dish every day? Is that what you did? Oh, I, t- I did 365 days of vegetables, but that vegetables. was while I was creating Phenomenon. And that oh, was really okay. like, um, that was just for shits and giggles. So, yeah, okay. But I really, I had a lot of people contact me and say, you know, when are you making a book about this? So my next book I think will have be Have you got one quite, in the works? I do have one in the yeah, works nice. and it's kind of veg forward and more for, for families. Because the thing is, it's one thing to tell parents like just cook the vegetables in a delicious way but to actually like arm them with the skills to be able to do it that would be um that that would be a dream as well isn't it time totally it's like even as a professional yeah you know you finish work you both finish work you pick money one we one of us tries to finish a bit early Mm -hmm. we try to get him because we try to drop him off at 9 30 and pick him at 4 30 not that we're great but that's you know he's in four days a week i wouldn't have that if i could but it is what it is we Mm -hmm. need to work 
So get home, maybe like stick it stuck in traffic, home for five. So you've got to get dinner ready. Yeah. And then him, he, he has to go to bed for 7.30. Mm-hmm. So it's like, go, go, go. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so time-saving yeah, tips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, let's get yeah. this show on That's the road. That's why I'm incubating like my little guinea pig. And then based on yeah. what, <laughs> what you based on my experience, yeah, yeah. then I can like impart yeah. more. Because I think that there's been, I've been really fortunate um, because I've been a teacher I've got the I've had access to kids and I've seen what happens when um, you come at it from a real like place of excitement and passion and not expecting them to not like it it's like I can't walk into a history class and say oh okay so we're learning about the plague and I know you're probably not going to like it but we've got to do it so you've got to be positive you've got to be positive and that's what I tell parents but because I'm um, not yet a parent I don't have that like defeatist attitude that a lot of parents sort of develop over time so I hope that never like develops for me Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to like lived experience (laughs) no exactly well you can deliver it with more conviction yeah do you know what I mean I think so too yeah I think so Mm -hmm. um how do we how do we get our kids when we've when we've done that train them eight nine and ten like you say you've gone through that program the teachers have used Mm -hmm. used it and all the rest of it they get to that point and then they go to secondary school Mm. and it's a bit more like I don't want to say bully men you know but there's a bit more like you know, you can get ganged up on or mm. whatever. You can go with different groups or whatever. I guess as a parent, that's my biggest worry that we put all this effort mm. bringing them up. Yeah. Then they go to secondary school and just go in with the wrong crowd, totally. let's say. Yeah. Even in food-wise, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, just come to the chippy or let's go to my... You know what yeah. I mean? And then you put all... And you're like, oh, my God. And yeah. the only saving grace is you think, well, if they do that, they'll come out the other end with yeah. the knowledge that they've had. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's very easy for parents to... Um, feel that that fear is totally natural and normal like we want our kids to be happy and healthy and um but building resilience means being willing to allow our kids to fail Uh, and i think there there are less and less opportunities out there for kids to fail these days Um, so getting over things right yeah that's right and i think the kitchen's actually a perfect place to teach them that you know when things bubble over or when things go wrong you can always fix it you can you know you can fix anything except for maybe over seasoning so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so your potato can pull that yeah, round or whatever exactly. yeah exactly yeah. see you know you find your ways around it so if you've got a kid that's a little bit older and um, you are worried about them falling into the wrong crowd or those sorts of things it's about building family values like our family values are these and being yeah, really explicit yeah, about yeah, it that's a good point so I talked before about that idea of the gardener. So, you know, when the kids between zero, it's called the simplicity parenting model. So between zero and six, then you're the governor, like my way or the highway, buddy. Uh, Because if you give kids too much choice at that age, their brain is so underdeveloped that they freak out. They love boundaries. Yeah, they They love boundaries. And then from seven to 14, you're the gardener. And that's when you're kind of planting the seeds, you're Uh, watering them, watching them grow. And then from 14 onwards, you're just the guide. You know, your work essentially is is pretty much You're just trying to say, look, is this a bit, think about things. Think about things, you know, they they will press your buttons they will you know push against boundaries but if you've set them up with a garden full of like 
you know, good morals, good or whatever. morals, good values. Yeah. Let's go to the chippy shop. Yeah, cool. Um, but I already know that my body's going to feel shitty if I get the large chips and the yeah, yeah. All Don't of that not go, dim- but just get a fried get, fish or exactly. get a small portion. Get a potato or whatever. cake, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like yeah, 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 you yeah. do, you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the same goes for risk-taking behaviors. They will, they will take risks because yeah. that's just what they do. But again, in our family, you know, um, we have conversations. You know, so that what that means is that mum, dad, like, you know, on the, on the weekend we went to a party and everyone was like passing a joint around or whatever it is, that conversation is open. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. And have faith in your kids. Yeah. Ex- trust them. Yeah, trust them. exactly. 100%. Yeah. You know what I did? This is just, I'm nearly, we're nearly finished, but I, I said to Monty the other week, he was, he was getting led away in this, in this, um, the teacher was saying that he wasn't listening and he kept on going off with this other group of mm-hmm. kids and that. So yep. I was like, so I give him the same, you know, the shepherd and the sheep. Yeah. So I was like, you know, you're the, you need to be the shepherd, not the sheep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I need mm-hmm. you, you need to do your own thing. Do what you want to do. Don't mm-hmm. just follow the others because you're not a sheep. We're shepherds, you know, we're, we're leaders. You know, just trying to give him more like yeah. this. So then he goes into school, daycare the next day. He says, you're all sheep and I'm the shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, not quite what I meant. But I get like, yeah. but now he says, we're the shepherd. I said, we're the shepherd. We're the shepherd. Yeah, That's yeah. perfect. So yeah. that you'll have that forever. Like yeah, he'll be yeah. thinking about, he'll be fucking 21 thinking about, should I get into this car with my drunk mate? No, I'm going to be the shepherd. Yeah. It's important. You know? I think yeah. it's important. It's important as a father, I think. Yes. To just be a man up, do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and lay some boundaries and yeah. that and, and, and tell them what to, you know. Totally. Speak to them and, and even at any age, in my view, and I want to give advice where I can yeah. and try and, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And boys, especially like, I remember, like I felt like every second class with my year eight boys was like an any given Sunday halftime speech, you know, like yeah, every football yeah. movie ever. I felt myself doing that and <coughs> they respond Guys so well to that. it. Love it. Boys love they, that. They love it. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah. to say like, you know, some of my girls classes were, were the same. It was a parallel learning model. So the boys were separate, the girls were separate. And it was just so fascinating to see how differently they responded to things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got to adapt to that as well. But yeah, boys love like mantras. Definitely. And, love, and ritual as well you know there are so many there are so few opportunities for men to go through rites of passage so you know for what fathers you mean, sorry back in the day um there were rites of passage that they would go to to go through so for example you know in aboriginal culture cultures there would be um the or turning into a man yeah exactly the sorry. young boy yeah, would yeah, go yeah. off with the older men and would yeah, learn yeah. what it means to be a man yeah there are very few opportunities for that to take place these yeah, days. Like take your son out camping or That's go right. hunting or go fishing go fish, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. So, yeah, you know, and have proper time and proper that. Proper time. And, but the same goes for girls and yeah, especially yeah. for dads. Um, have something that you do with your daughter, whether it is fishing Definitely. or hunting or going camping. Yeah, yeah, tough. Like not tough, no, that's the wrong word, don't get me wrong. But like... <laughs> Bring her involved. Activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. activities. Yeah. They're not, they're not weak as loves. well. They're strong as well. Girls yeah, are yeah. Strong. The girls are super strong. No, definitely. I totally agree with that. And I, I really admire um, father and son working together. Yeah. I would love that. Honestly, yeah. I would love that. Like, I've done a lot of traveling. I left home at 18. I was thinking, fuck, Monty, leaving home at 18? I don't think so. You'd be getting locked in your room, do you know what I mean? To think of him just going away at 18, I'm like, no, he's going to work with me and he'll live next door. That's how I feel, (laughs) honestly. Yeah, that's brilliant. Anyway, listen, to finish off, I want a few quick fire questions. Okay. Broccoli or cauliflower? Oof. Shit. Ah, okay. Um, 
I'm seeing broccoli, but it depends on the day and depends on what I'm making. But let's say broccoli because, you know, that's what I'm seeing in my yeah, mind. Broccoli is probably my favorite. Zach Zit Nicholson, he's like good friend, head chef at Rockpool. Yep. He makes he was making pa- uh, macaroni. Yeah, yeah. Macaroni cheese for yeah. the kids uh, the other week. And he did half pasta, yeah. half cauliflower. Mixed it all in. Delicious. Kids didn't even know. Yeah. Perfect. But, yeah. And, you know, that's the thing about collie is that it's just so versatile. Yeah. And that's why. Broccoli's like, mine. It's though. like asking me to pick a favourite student or yeah. child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Peas or broad beans? Peas. Peas. <laughs> that one's easy. Turnip or swede? <laughs> oh, shit. Turnip. Turnip. Yeah. Yep. Carrots or parsnips? Okay. I'm going to say carrots, but I do love parsnips. Yeah, parsnips are tough. Roasted, <laughs> again with honey, yeah. all the rest oh, yeah. of it. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, where can anyone find you? Tell me where everyone oh, can find yeah. you. Um, oh. I'm all over the socials as Alice in Frames or Alice in Frames, if you're Spanish. <laughs> um, and aliceinframes.com. If you've got kids um, and you want to word up their teachers to get on the phenomenon train, it's like phenomenon, but with an M phenomenom.com.au yeah. it's all free and I would love to see YouTube it. as well for that oh yeah YouTube, yeah YouTube as well YouTube. yeah totally Instagram is all yeah. Alice in Frames and uh, Phenomenon's got its own Instagram yep. as well yep. and everything yeah yep. so if anyone wants uh, any teachers or whatever yeah. and do you want to jump on I'm sure you'll answer any totally. emails or hit me up or whatever I'm all over it perfect thank you very much I much appreciate your time Alice I really do thank you very you much you're most welcome see you later <laughs> well if you got this far you must have semi enjoyed it so thanks for listening I hope you did enjoy it and it wasn't just in your car being played and you just couldn't be asked changing the channel. So yeah, appreciate it. No, if you did enjoy it, tell a friend and if you get chance, leave a review. Like I always say, I definitely wouldn't leave a review because I'm a lazy fucker and it's not my style to leave reviews like that. But what I would do is give a five star or a three star or a two star. But if you're feeling semi-generous and you got a tiny bit of interest out of this and you thought, you know what, that wasn't bad. Wasn't bad for someone who hasn't got a fucking clue what they're doing. I'll give that brother a five star. If you do that, I'll be stoked. Thanks very much. Till next week. Have a good one.